Hi, and welcome to Boom It's on the Blockchain. My name is uh, Alistair Caithness, and today we've got a special show. We're going to be speaking with our cybersecurity consultants and experts, John O'Malley and Daniel Addison. How are you guys? Great. Alistair, doing great. How about you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Good. You, John? I'm doing wonderful. Enjoying the being here. Yes, okay. absolutely. Thank you. Perfect. So we'll just crack in with the, the article that we've been speaking about today. Let me bring this in. Yep. Oh, let's share the screen. I'm, I'm just moving this around here, guys. It is what's happening in North Korea right now. So let's see. There we go. We've all moved in. Mm -hmm. So North Korea linked hackers behind 100 million crypto heists heist FBI says this is on all the major news channels yeah. and it was featured in CNBC so first of all just give us a bit of background to the article itself and what's actually happened yeah uh, Alice there uh, you know um, obviously horizon bridge they're particularly a bridging network um, just like uh, all other uh, blockchain bridging network companies, um, particularly as it relates to on the exchanging of cryptocurrencies, you know, exchanging one cryptocurrency to another, um, particularly that bridging level, you obviously at that API level, we like to use those terms is how this happened, uh, actually. Um, this actually, you know, if you notice it happened last year, I want to say it was around June, July, I think it happened last year. And so, um, but, you know, it was a suspect that North Korea was behind it. But, you know, the article, as you state just today, right, um, it's confirmed, you know, uh, that they're behind it. But pretty much that's Horizon Bridging Network. Um, yeah, cryptocurrencies exchanging from one platform to another. And, you know, that's how they got hit. I mean, there's no, you know, at the API level, there's no security. Um, or it's just, it's limited, or I should say very limited. And, and these threat actors know that, right? Um, and particularly these advanced threat actors. So yeah, um, basically just sums up. I don't know, John, you wanted to add anything or? So that's... one of the key features in this article and other articles is this didn't happen at one time. Mm -hmm. This, they took small amounts over a period of time using the same exploit over and over again. And no one was there to catch it or clean it up because it had been under the radar for so long that it became an abnormality that everybody accepted it. So it's also got a high level of risk that nobody was seeing. Exactly. So, so for the audience to understand, how does it actually work? You know, from a basic, just explain what they've actually done in terms of how they could actually do this? Yeah, um, as I was saying earlier, uh, blockchain bridges, uh, cross-chain bridges, um, as they know how they were actually able to do it. And as John said, over time, this is unknown, so, right? So it's got to be there, Daniel. So how does a cross-chain bridge work? So people can understand that bit, you know what I mean? Because I'm just going to ask mm -hmm. different questions about the terminology yeah. so people yeah. can get it. So cross-chain bridge. Yeah, particularly transferring cryptocurrency on the on between one platform, so crossing or going to another platform. So, if give you an example, 
uh, if I want to exchange, I have Bitcoin and I want to exchange for an Ethereum, right? Now, if I have cryptocurrency on the same platform and I'm trading, particularly trading is basically what I'm saying from Bitcoin to Bitcoin, security is pretty much solid. It's there. But let's say I want to exchange or trade my cryptocurrency on another uh, uh, cryptocurrency platform, uh, example, Ethereum, that's then I have to bridge or cross over to do that exchange or utilize an API to, to be able to transfer cryptocurrencies between the two back and forth between or trade on the exchange between the two uh, uh, cryptocurrency platforms. Uh, over time, again, because the security at that cross-bridging level or across one platform to another, when we're speaking of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin to, to Ethereum, Ethereum, rather not Ethereum, but Ethereum, um, that weakness, right, at that level of the API to do so is, is sort of very weak. And, and these threat actors know that. So to dig a little more into it, API is a call that a computer or a device makes yeah. one to another. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't actually, it does the trust handshake from one side to another. But what happens is once the API is interjected, and what that means is broken in the middle, somebody uh, either causes another handshake to another device or breaks that handshake in a, another means, allows them to communicate to another device that wasn't the original target. And so that's how they were able to break it by interjecting into all these API calls and there's no flags, no triggers on them to acknowledge that. So, so how is it not no so how is it not noticed then? How don't they notice the, the small amounts? Like how much in each transaction do you think they're taking? Wow, good question. Um it would have started yeah. off to be honest, very little. Yeah. So it would have been like a dollar, two dollars until mm -hmm. they ramped it up. And what they probably did is, you know, took so they took 50 cents the first time to see if they get caught. And mm -hmm. then they did 50 cents for, you know, like a month and then ramped it up little bit by little bit. So this device that they're connecting to is becomes a normal thing. So then everybody sees it as like it's a standard transaction or another competitor or somebody making an exchange. So it started off small until it got to big numbers. And then once the real big numbers came out is when you're going to start seeing those level people paying attention. Exactly. Yeah. And, and mind you, you know, as, as John stated, you know, this can go on. You know, they may take small amounts and may go on months, you know, mean possibly years. And then they try a little bigger amount. That takes them some period of time. So it's just not what we think that, oh, it's just, it's just happened. They got hit for 500 million and, and it's just taken right away. Oh, it's, it's, it's in increments. And when it gets noticed to it, like John said, a bigger amount, then it causes a concern, right? Then, then the investigation happened you look further into it and you find out, oh, wow, this has been going on for a while. Yeah, because I was watching some videos earlier today about this, and yep. there's stuff coming up two, three, four years ago yep. where North Korea have been taking like $2.2 billion mm -hmm. from doing this side. And so was it easier three, four years ago doing this than it is now yep. in terms of... Oh, the, easily. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Crypto was in its, uh, I still call it and it's in its emphasis. It's young, you know, all the technology hasn't been driven like it is today. So it was easier for them to mask themselves when it's young. If you try to do a new mask today, it's going to be harder because people start talking now and they Mm -hmm. start making those secure API calls and things like that on a different level to ensure it. Um, If you think about it, five years ago, it was easier to break into an account, your checking account, than it is today. And that was just basically off checks, paper checks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing I think when people start to think about this is, you know, how does North Korea have these expert hackers? You know, who trained them? Online, I saw some article about they went to Russia and they were trained in Russia but or in China. But how does North Korea have these high advanced hackers? How you say you the question, I think you missed at the yeah. end. How, uh, how, how does North Korea have these type of hackers? Wow. Um, I mean, you know, again, you know, it's it's through, you know, you know, organized crime methods, you know, as you mentioned, Russia or any other, you know, you, you have types of uh, what, what you call, you know, in the terms of state sponsor or type organizations that specializes in, in, in criminality activity relating to, um, you know, the digital world, for example, the dark web, right? You know, it's anonymous. You don't know who specifically, you know, is, you know, tied to or behind specifically, you know, to educating or or, or an activist. So it's more so a, a organized crime organizations, right? And that could be, you know, globally all, all over, right? So also North Korea like China, they have mm-hmm. institutions on ground that they do. They enroll kids at a younger age and start teaching them too. Um, those are teachers teaching teachers, uh, students learning things. Yep. You can also find a lot of things on YouTube and stuff. So uh, where I've done experiences with children at the high school here in my county is we find the video and we do it actually in the classroom. And you'd be surprised what they pick and they try to do. It's exactly. so easy to get this off information. Also, books. Books are out there constantly. You've got the certified ethical hacking books. You've got forensics mm-hmm. books. They get the books. They can read English. They can learn it just like we can and things like that. So you've got a lot of state sponsorship, a lot of under mm-hmm. dark web information like yeah. Daniel was showing. But there's also them teaching each other what worked before and how to do it. Exactly. Yeah, well, let, let me bring in a couple images here that uh, they're showing on online about what's happening. Let's see. Let's, here is uh, here, here. Here's the North Korean hackers, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's Kim Jong Un. He's uh, obviously happy with what's going on right now. Let's like, let's see the next image. Like, he's even happier with his mm-hmm. hundred million and his two point two billion. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one we're looking at. Here's his new car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who says crime doesn't pay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, um, but but this is a worry for everyone out there. So it's like, well, wait a minute. I want to get into crypto. I want to start to trust these these things. You know, how safe is actually anything? You know, 
the one thing that I keep getting pushed to use is Telegram. I set up a Telegram account uh, back in like 2018, 19. So I've had around it from when it first came out. I don't particularly like using it. Um, I feel that there's a lot of junk in there. But a lot of people are using that to access dark web now. But how safe is Telegram? You know, then surely the, the FBI and that can track it pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't use it uh, either much um, due to what you just, just stated, right? Um, you know, it's, 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 it is a, um, you know, I want to say it's, it's sort of, you know, Telegram and all of these uh, social medias when the, when first, first constructed security wasn't the, because social media, right? The security wasn't the, I would say, primary objective. Um, then later on in realizing you know, of how powerful it is as these social medias is, can relate to what we're talking about now, uh, types of, uh, you know, crimes going on in, in the digital world. Then we're talking about security thereafter, right? And trying to sort of like put a bandage on something when it's loose already. That's that's what I see, like Telegram and all these, these going on. Um, at the start of developing these these applications, except or these mediums, right? Uh, yeah, security should be the the in the forefront, and and it's 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 not actually. You'd be surprised, Alistair. It's it's you know we 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 don't look at security. We we tend to think of security as okay, fix it, it's done. We don't look at it as a continuous process in, 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 in the world, right? Because we we look at it and we say, oh, okay, that's, you know, as the picture you see a sinister hacker in, in the computer, but it's a lot of human elements to it too, right? Um, you know, that, that needs to understand as we utilize in these systems, as you talk about crypto, you know, people fear, well, should I get into crypto or not? Um, just understanding, you know, um, need to be educated and understood like you know security implications to to uh making decisions related yeah, so to what about the dark mediums. web you yeah. know people talk about the dark web how if you start going on the dark web is that you opening your computer to be compromised basically exactly yeah you are yeah go ahead so, john i was going to say yes crypto is the new wild wild west because it mm -hmm. used to be banks would get robbed by state coach and things like that it's got to go through its ups and downs and benefits. Uh, second thing I was going to say into that is if you're hearing about it now, then it's most likely old school. And yeah. the reason I say that is there are other applications out there that get you on the dark web that a lot of people don't even know about. So if you're hearing about it or you're hearing people talk about it, it's old school. Yes, people are tracking it. It's, you know, people are monitoring it now. It's not getting to the real dark web. Because, you know, there's multiple layers within the dark right. web itself, too, yeah. that, you know, people don't expose. And yeah. then, you know, I'm into crypto. I play with what I can gamble. And that's what I tell everybody that wants to get in. If you can gamble five bucks or you save up to where you can buy one coin, then that's what you need to do. Don't bet your life on it yeah. right now just yeah. because it could come and could go. 
So you need to treat it as that way. It's, it's to me. It's I play it like I do the lottery. If I can afford it, I'll do it. If not, I've got other things exactly. that's got to be taken care of first. Yeah, I agree with John because we we tend to say, oh well, okay, all crypto is bad, right? Um, get out of it. But you know, you shouldn't be investing your entire four hundred one k, right? You should understand mm -hmm. the high volatility of you know, just even the regular stock market, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's no different, right? So, um, you know, it's 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 a matter of like John said, what you as an individual can afford to exchange. But I I, I see, and I have a lot of colleagues who have invested their whole four hundred one k, and and just as you can see with FTX, all these other crypto uh, uh, currency platforms that's on the exchange. You know, it lost their entire, you know, savings. So, so, so what about things like McAfee security software for your computer? So, my McAfee uh, annual subscription is coming up. Uh, because I've not renewed it, they've dropped at sixty percent. But I'm on the last seven days, so I'm hoping it's going to come down a little bit more. But how good are these types <laughs> of systems to help you? They're as good as what people put into them. Okay. Yeah, every day, yeah. yeah, every day new software <laughs> comes out, new patching, new yeah. hackers. Uh, Kitty scripts are getting smarter and better and developed <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah. So, I mean, it's they only get what they can see. Um, there are companies like McAfee, CrowdStrike, and even Microsoft now that are trying to prevent zero days. And the only reason they're called zero days is, let's be honest, because somebody discovered it and it hadn't been used and it has to be blocked or patched immediately because it may mm -hmm. be a vulnerability. It's not something that that software came out that day exactly right then and it was exposed the day it came out. It's It's been there. It's just now being brought up. We've got to secure it as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. So those softwares are only as good as people put into them. Yeah. And, and to add what John just stated, and the reason why, right, you have patches and, and updates and et cetera, because these protocols being used to be maintaining these networks, they get weak over time. That's another thing that even just business people need to understand, um, <clears throat> you know, experiencing zero day issues, right? Exploiting it before a developer can actually be able to apply the patch to it. Right. And so it, to understand that these protocols, things, encryption protocols, et cetera, the network over time, they get weak. And so this is why you need security, continuous, right, security, you know, development and implementation to understand because the threat actors know this. Right. This is why they, they know protocols get weak over time. They know that um, it's as soon as. A, a patch is missed or something of that nature, they're in. They don't strike where you, like John said, immediately, right? They do what we call a C2 command and control, right? A malicious malware, where it creates this back door. And then they can get in and out unknowingly to the end user. And they sitting in there for a while. And then they can, you know, until they decide to, okay, you know, the system administrator comes in to the office and all of a sudden files and fo the, the folders, the files and the folders he's trying to get to is encrypted. He don't know what's going on. 
then you that's that's the beginning steps to what we call a ransom, right? Which is a ransomware attack. Then, you know, hey, you pay me, I get you back access. I want I'll decrypt you, you, your files and folders for you to get access. Right. Okay. Yeah. That 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 that, make, that makes sense as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, just moving on, guys. We can't talk about. Uh, compromising and uh, classified documents without speaking about the other classified documents that's coming up right now. We'll just bring this in. Biden, Trump, and Clinton classified documents. So first of all, let me share the screen in terms of this is a bit of a beauty how, let's see, there we go, how President Trump and President Biden's or President Biden and ex-President Trump's differ on classified documents. Basically, Biden's got a lot of ticks next to his name <laughs> from the Congressional Integrity uh, Project. Trump's got a few crosses next to his name as well. You know, apparently Biden's only had taken 12 documents. Trump's taken 160 plus, like 160 plus, and he's got under 12. Wait a minute, you know, and you don't think we can count up to 12. Maybe, maybe he's 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so. You know, what's actually going on here in terms of, you know, how much of this is not going to be electronic and how much of these just like paper documents? You know, what's your take on it? So that so that uh, you have a better tracking and tracing. No one is having these documents in home. So you particularly you want to put these documents in the digital world. What is that what you're asking, Alistair? Like between the two, obviously, it's in their homes, right? Yeah. They both have classified documents in their home, and 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 uh, and so you know how do how do we prevent that? Is is it sounds like the question you're, you're asking? And yeah, how do we moving. prevent it? Yeah. And so then they, why are they why are they using paper documents? That's the other thing. You know, is this realistic that they're actually having boxes and boxes of paper documents? You know, there must be a digital version of this paper document to get it printed in the first place. Surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's. So the answer to your question is yes, there's digital versions of this and yeah, they are printing things out and probably, you know, in reality, boxes and boxes of things that they've done sign, Mm -hmm. they probably do. Um, This is, I will be honest, I, I'm going to be say, I am shocked if this is the only two in the history that have ever taken this. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly it doesn't matter if you're one side or the other exactly people collect documents and take documents yes. and they protect themselves so it's it's on both sides yep and we just need to understand but this is a great thing to talk about in this aspect is you know tokenizing them putting them on the blockchain you know securing them using that type of stuff you know with within the company we're in, you could do this. You can yep. tokenize them and put them in a blockchain. So that if somebody prints it or somebody traces it somewhere else, it's flagged and it's marked as a security thing. And somebody has to go investigate. And, you know, those are things that we have to move forward to, you know, or we're going to constantly keep seeing this running around and things. Exactly. Um, whether it's top secret, secret, if it's Q, if it's, you know, SCSI, it doesn't really matter. We need to start taking away from the thing and start documenting it and tokenizing it. So we protect it from the ground, the day it's created to the ground up. 
Yeah, and let, let me just bring in this next article of, uh, so Biden's got less than 12, probably 11. <laughs> Trump's got 160 plus, could be any number, but, you know, probably 161. Hillary Clinton, look how many she's got, 30,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the one thing you don't see on here, um, and I'm only bringing up the news, is you don't see her email server. So how much was on that? Um, so, you know, again, how do you protect this? How do you do this? And yes, they're going to have it. And there's an unknown number section at the right hand yes. side there for mm-hmm. that, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah, a, mm-hmm. yeah there is. There's basically but, 45,000 we know about, you know? Yeah. So, and with that being said, you know, one of the things we have to do is how to protect it, how to ensure it. And, and again, you know, emails have passed tracks and things like that you just have to take the next step and you know it's got to be done from the top down to enforce it um just like the head of the snake leads the body and so as we develop our blockchain to break those security barriers and develop them into the future we're taking that security and putting it into users hands to make it more secure and to see what's really going on with your data or their data or the Mm -hmm. data as a whole these are security gaps that we need to fill. Yeah. Yeah. And that, again, you start to think about what's actually happening here because it's just, it's, it's going to be never ending. I saw Mike yep. Pence had two documents, mm-hmm. you know, probably about Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you know. As fundraisers, no... How do these guys make so much money? But yeah. it, again, it's like, it's crazy that this is in the news again. You know, and mm-hmm. then where's the cybersecurity for this? Exactly. There's there's not one. Mm-hmm. There's nobody doing checks and balances. There's nobody exactly. saying, hey, look, this is accounted for. You know, the one, you know, we're on we're talking about blockchain. This is something you can easily blockchain. If somebody may, directs it, changes it out, it changes the hash, it changes the functionality, it changes the thing on it, you know, people could watch and monitor that. Exactly. But, you know, the way we've got it, it's all, you know, kept the paper so it can disappear. It can be changed. It can be blacked out and modified. You know, there's just so many things you can do with paper that you can't do once it's put on the blockchain. Exactly. And that's part of the reason that they've done this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't forget>. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut out the printers. There you go. <laughs> yeah, don't print them, you know. Yeah, don't print them. Yeah. But it's just, it's, cra- it's crazy that this is just going to come mm-hmm. more and more, you know. And then the yeah. thing is, it's like Biden's been in office for like 50 years now. Yeah. You can't tell me he's only got 11 documents stuck the way in. And like, <laughs> he got wh- yeah. right? He got way. Wh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here we go. And me, uh, let's see the next one coming in there as well. Tracking and tracing with blockchain technology. So, so what's the government doing about this right now? Are you aware of any of the stuff? Because I know you're involved in some government projects, guys. Explain a bit more of the government projects you're doing with blockchain, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Alistair. Well, so, you know, we, um, as a, you know, HCISS, um, members of the Government Blockchain Association, and yeah, we, you know, are embarking on energy sector, blockchain and energy sector, the government, particularly with the EVs, et cetera, healthcare, um, uh, uh, 
uh, the government's pushing some initiatives in that area, right? <clears throat> a blockchain being in that area, particular, as John mentioned, because of its, you know, the way the, the technology is constructed, right? We should be using a technology for what it actually is. It's a, it is a security technology, basically, right? I mean, you know, it's tracking and tracing, prevention, fraud prevention, et cetera. So uh, I, I know that sounds like a misnomer because of what we're hearing in the world of the crypto space, that that side of it. Um, but is that's what the technology is for. And, and, and that's what you see going on in the government area. They're, they're saying this too. And they're saying, hey, this is great for tracking and tracing and prevention of frauding. So they're getting in, into it um, within these various industries, energy, um, yeah, right? Renewable energy, healthcare, uh, fintech, all other type of uh, industry. So, and yeah, another it, industry. Just something you talked about there, just, you know, as we, we close out the show, guys, is, you know, how is it going to be with, uh, EV, you know, electric vehicles and renewable energy? You know, what's that piece of it? And just to, you know, enlighten the audience a little bit more about that. Yeah. And, 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 and just another industry, I know, John, you started to say it's construction too, another industry, but tying it back to, you know, with EVs, right? particularly the stations, uh, you know, the Biden administration, I believe, is wanting to have like 600,000 EV charging stations across the nation or something like that. So you got to think about that's, that's, that's data management, right? That's collecting that data, right, as it relates to utilization, et cetera, of these, you know, charging uh, stations when you have an EV car and you're driving you're charging up and you know most of these stations are on the network so you, data collection so again anything that's you know on the network a cause to pause because we're in the cybersecurity space you 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 got some cybersecurity issues there because you, that's data collecting relating to you know utilities right the grids and etc all these types so that's you know you need effective data management this is what hci says this is what we specializing all about with with our use cases and so that's that's i mean that's where you're seeing it going data monitoring data security monitoring and in, in within that data management um of these uh charging stations as they go on the network uh, across the country so yeah that's and you put that on the blockchain right for better tracking and tracing yeah thank you well, that's been great then, guys. So, you know, going forward, well, these are our uh, cybersecurity uh, experts for uh, Boomers on the Blockchain. So as we get other cybersecurity issues, main news stories, we'll get uh, Daniel and John back on the show yep. to provide Absolutely. information. Glad to. Uh, yeah, glad. just to find, uh, close it out for you guys, do you want to give a bit of background about your company for people to find out more about you? Yeah, and uh, I'm sure I'd be able to share, but yeah, we help blockchain security services. You can... You know, contact us, 312-204-7289. Um, you know, websites, hciss.io. Email, sure Miller's going to share that in the comments section there. Um, and John, you want to, John is my uh, CISO, uh, Chief Information Security Officer um, to, of the company. And uh, yeah, you want to share your information as well. We're all on social media. Uh, uh, we are on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, here, LinkedIn. So, uh, yeah. Perfect. I'll, I'll share all the information in the show yep. notes as well. That'll be great. And then, yeah. uh, there, I'll, here we go. Here's uh, Mila, just, just as you're talking there, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> boom, there's the website, everyone else at home, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. 
That's been great. Really interesting learning about what the North Koreans are up to. Kim Jong Un, yeah. you know, he's, he's certainly yeah. not stupid. He's pretty rich as well by the looks of things, you know. Yeah, right. Better <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in the world behind Putin. All right, million to use. Yeah, right. Well, thanks very much for everyone to yeah. join in the show. Yeah, been watching. Looking forward to the next one. You've thanks, Alistair. No problem. You've yeah. been watching Boom. It's on the blockchain. My name's Alistair Caithness. Have a nice day. Thanks.